page Samachai. The uh, the Sadiq the Mechaber is teaching us how to live with the how to live with the Muna every minute of the day and how to be able to begin in the avoid of his bainanus of using the car of concentration during a time that we're able to take that's quiet and it's calm and that to be able to develop a chush a feeling a real feeling for Muna as opposed to being something which is theoretical so on Samachai in Kain Odom Mamad is Hatzma Vaimel Hatzma Dover Achad Bar. So he's giving us exercises. Oh, I don't know if he has any of people popping up over here. So far, very good. So a person, a person stops and he thinks, Mamad is Hatzma Vaimel Hatzma Dover Achad Bar. Shum Dover Le Nasalavad. Nothing happens by itself. The same way that if in this room there is a, an aron, there's a closet. It must be that somebody built this aron. Again, we have to remember, as we learned last week, the same way when it comes to Pesach, the same way when it comes to Pesach, the fact that we ask questions... It's not because we don't know the answers. We know the answers to the questions of Pesach. And yet, it's the Ratzon Hashem, Hashem is Baruch wanted, that we, should, that we should begin, that we should leave Mitzrayim every year Pesach night with the questions, with the questions, and to answer the questions. Why? So we learn, because this way a person, by repeating the questions, he brings himself back to that Bechina, of Avmarvinu searching and asking it wasn't a question for us, it's not a question that 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 we don't know the answer to. But by asking the question, it brings it back to life. It revives the whole Indian in our minds and in our hearts. So a person is giving exercises of how we do this. So the person sits in the room and he looks around and he and he says, Okay, there's an oran, there's a closet in this room. Again, you know, it's just so there's a, that's not built into the wall, right? It's a closet. So how did the how did the closet get here? Who made the closet? Shumdovalat doesn't happen by itself. So it must be that Mishu Yotzer says in the Chinim that somebody prepared, chopped down wood, and that it happened at some place somewhere that there was wood that was prepared to build this closet. The Hechra Shemishu Banesar must be that somebody built this arm. It didn't happen like this. It must be that somebody brought this closet to this to, to the house. So a person has to think. Therefore, I also didn't just plop into the world. I didn't come here, stand like this. I was created, which is the site of this thought. Now, I'm a nivra. That means there's a bayre. If I was created, it means that somebody made me. Who made me? Like we see the Navi Yeshayas, me bara ela. The Zara Kaddish, in the, the very beginning of the Zara Kaddish, the introduction, tells us that the whole, the whole sight of being a Jew is those two letters, me. To always ask, me bara elin. Again, it's not a question. When the Navi Yeshaya says, it's not a question that we don't know the answer to. Who created the world? The Rajam created the world. So why are we asking, me bara elin? 
Because by asking the question, by asking, by asking, and by responding to the question, we're mechayet, we're talking that language that we were discussing until now, it's the svas of Hanisham, the language of the Hanisham, to take the simplest things and stop taking them for granted. And by asking the questions, we are, we're entering once again into those into that truth that it should be absolutely clear and strong in our hearts and our minds. And we bring it into our hearts. So that's what he's saying. Zuhi nekudas hamuskal rishon, the bottom of Samachai. Hametzias sheli, ein hametzias keduma. I didn't. I'm not. I don't exist in the world. I, I'm not here always. I wasn't here all of the time. Hametzias shall never. My metzias is the metzias of something of of a human being that was created. I'm a nivra. Im yesh nifal shehu nivra, and if that happened to me that I was created. It must be that there was someone who created me. Who is this creator? And it's like Avram Avinu, but we have to try to be that way. So Avram Avinu was walking around and thinking about this and asking this and talking about this for a long time. Now, it's different. Avram Avinu really had to try to come to that, to discover the Rabbani Shalom. We have no suffix. Well, why do we have no suffix? The reason that we have no suffix, the reason that we have no data about it is only because somebody told us. In other words, we heard from our parents, we heard from our teachers, we heard from the grandparents, we heard from other places that there's a Bari Eilam. But that knowledge that we have is not something that we worked for, it's not something that we earned, it's not something that's within us, it's just something that's taken for granted. So to the extent that it's possible, each and every one of us in life has to continuously ask these questions again. Mi bara'ayla, who's the, ani nivra, who's the bara'ay, man nishtana halayla echad miyadaya, shnayim miyadaya, even though we know the answers. So we know the answer is Hashem. It's not a point of going into this deeply. Just this Nakuda, that there's a Bayre La'ayla. And if you and I, as he suggests, at least every half hour for two or three seconds, we would say, either in English or in Hebrew, I am created. There's a Rabbanish level. That he created me. And you could take that a little bit further. He created me to serve him. So then, so then, the entire surah of the day would be totally different. So then you guess, Akasha, why would the day be different? When I got up in the morning, you don't think I knew that there's a God who created me? But, but try. If you try, if you and I try every half hour to take off a second, and not just to think it, but quietly, Ani never the I was created. Who created me? Why did he create me? So then the whole day will be a different day. Davening is different. It won't be, might not be the first day that you'll feel, but you do it two, three, four, five days, it takes a second. That's not hard work. It's a different, the Tzura Sayyam is totally different. How honest, or how God forbid not honest, how much your Shemaim a person has, how much God forbid the person's if he looks the wrong thing, does the wrong thing. It's a whole different surah sachai. That's with Avinu Atta, same, same, same thing. thing. That's a different, right? Avinu Atta, you're our father. So you could do 
Yeah, together. together. I could Rabbi you created me in English. Rabbi you created me. And you told me a vinu atim. You told you told us that you're that you're our father. You're my father. And a person says again, to so, for someone who's not who does not who's not interested in being Evid Hashem, it sounds ridiculous. What do you mean? Of course he created me. I, I learned that many years ago. I have to tell myself. What do you mean? So that's what you'll see. He says at the end of here. The very fact that there's a creator, we have to clarify and say over and over thousands of times. Not to try to run ahead. He says to himself, "Are you talking to Nasaisi Lovadi, Lovad? Could it be that I that I just had I I just came into being? Could there be such a thing that yesterday I didn't exist and today I came into existence just like this? Who put me into this world? Because there was a day, the day before our birthday, before your birthday, era of the birthday, where you didn't exist. And then there's the birthday, and now you exist. So how did that happen? Who put me here? Am I certain about this? That the Baruch Shalom put me here? That the Baruch Shalom was on the Is this clear to me? Or not? Is it, do I have even the slightest, slightest doubt? Maybe, maybe Taka did happen on its own. One day, another day. Months. Ad she yigil hakores and the kuda hapshuta betachlas till it becomes absolutely clear to you. Barley ba'imek halev that in the depths of my heart it's clear to me. Sheyesh rabbanishlam. There's rabbanishlam. And you'll see that in the beginning it's not easy. In the beginning it's not easy. Even though every one of us davens three times a day, we bench, we say brachas. It's not easy to do this. And if you think you, if you think now if you think that you're a big knack and it's no big deal and what's the I believe in Hashem anyway you'll see that that it's a struggle mamish to come to this it's a struggle and then you begin to realize that you never really you never really believed in the Shalom. not really not really it wasn't wasn't clear it was always with a little bit it was always with an amalek in the middle of a derech it was always with a tzad a sophic. Because the question, of course, we spoke about this already many times this year, that if it's true that I believe a million percent in the Baruch how do I explain my behavior? And how do I explain How do I explain the fact that my davening is without any fees? And how do I explain that I do things that are inconsistent with my belief in God? It says that, that there is that sad suffix inside of a person, that little piece of a malik that, that, that it's, not, it's not really clear. So then you can ask yourself, so has it become clear by saying it? It does. And so that's what we're learning the last few weeks. The through the Dibur, which is the Sfas on the Shama, when you begin to say things in a simple way, not when you begin to just talk about a Taisis you learn, but you begin to talk about some Svar you saw, Sfas Emes, and a Geval de Givar. Not necessarily, that might, might get you for a minute. But belief is only the language of the Neshama. And what's the language of the Neshama? Aleph based, Poshit. Simple. Ani Nivra, Yesh who put me here? What am I here for? These, this is the language of the Neshama. 
And when the person repeats over and over and over again, it becomes mamish. It becomes the it becomes the essence of who of who he is. I'm learning the first chalikul vavi. I'm learning in the community with some of the women. We have a shia Tuesday night. You know, women in general are more prepared to work at something instead of just talking about it. So that doesn't that's not klal. But uh, usually over the years I've discovered that the same way that when you talk, generally if you're going to a, when I, uh, I mean I've been in a situation over the years, not hundreds of times, thousands of times, let's say I'm giving a shear, I mentioned, you know, when, when, when you give a shear and there's a big empty room, the guys will always sit in the back of the room and they come. And the women will always go right to the front. You'll see Kaseda, you've also done that. Go to the back of a room. And I'll say to the men, come. They get very nervous, most guys, because they first of all they have to show that they don't they don't really need to be there. It happens they were passing by and they saw they looked in they saw some yidden so they come in because really they know more than the magetshir anyway, and you have nothing to tell me that I don't know. So if they want to be ready in the back, which shows I'm not committed to this year. I don't I'm not I don't need you. I'm not committed to you. So they'll sit in the back. Also, it's near the door, closer to the door. They always want a guy. Always needs to have a pesach, pesuach, to be able to get out. When you make it's a shir, the women immediately, automatically, all the women come to the front of the room, and all the guys go to the back room, except one or two older men will come right to the front, because they don't they don't have any of those issues. But guys, younger guys, especially young guys, always in the back of the room. And you can see there that there are 500 seats before that, and it's so painful when I say come. And they start squirming, get really uncomfortable, and they go up two rows. I say, okay, and the women don't get it. They'll just look and they can't like, what? What is it with that? They're such babies. Why can't they? What is it? Why do they have to sit like that? It's kaseida. It's <coughs> But some of the women have told me we're, we're learning Bilvavi since last September with the women. Quite a few of the women. Have put into into practice. The imamers do this, and and I have came out every shear that one of the women tells me that my whole life is totally different. Kaas anger, kimat I don't lose my temper anymore with the kids. This, when a person lives every 15 minutes, 20 minutes uh, with, with these machshavos and with these questions, so when the kid spills a little apple juice, you don't carry your kale. If you really say it sincerely and you're living this way, it's a whole different thing. The simcha sechayim, the joy, the happiness, everything is totally different. But one doesn't know unless one tries. And if you just look at it and you say, what, what kind of thing is this? I'm not a baby. I have this kakash. And you say over and over again, a hundred percent. And think of what you would say if you'd be a teacher and you're learning with the guys and you announce that we're having a bechina. On Friday, there's a bechina, and you know right away there's going to be a couple of guys come over and say, "Rabbi, what do you need a bechina? You know, can't we do this Hashem Shemayim?" <laughs> well, you know, you know, I know, God knows. What do you have to? What do I have to make me take a bechina? Every kid is angry that the teacher, the Rebbe, makes a bechina, because every kid says, "I know you don't have to make it. You don't have to treat me like an infant to give me bechinas." And every Rebbe knows that that bechinas is gunish ved, nothing. Nothing. And I say the same thing. I tell it the same thing when they come to collect money from all the kailulim. I say, why don't you, why don't you give bechinas? You, you know, nobody should get a check unless he unless he pays the bechinas. You could let him take it five times. I mean, until he, 
but to work on it. But without, without, how do you get, how do you get, you, you're giving tzedakah money? Why, how do you know this guy should be sitting in Kyle? Don't take a bachina. I said, I want, because they want to have the, you understand, everybody wants to have his island. Because he's going to collect not only for the island, he's collecting for himself. And he's going to start losing business, you know, if they're going to be big bachinas. But I know that, like I know that my son-in-law, he was he was for two years in the Kailu in Yerushalayim. The very very demanding bechinas. Ain't a daima. You can't compare how he learned to not the guys that are self-driven. There are people like that, very few, that have tremendous motivation. But that was in the Klosenberg Rebbe started Mifal Ashas. He was a the Klosenberg Rebbe was a very smart Jew. Can you imagine? I don't know how many of you learning that me. What if there'd be every every week a test on Dafyami? If not, you get no supper that week. <laughs> you fail. You get different Dafyami instead of you sitting there like a spectator, waiting for the rabbi to you know to finish and how he could say a nice vart in the middle and you, and then afterwards you say how did it go the Daf? You go huh? You know can you say over what you learned today? I think it's Pesachim. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, so I had to do somehow with Pesach. I don't know how. Something a uh, carbon. I don't know something. No, if you yeah, if you had to take bechinas, and you had to answer for the bechinas, and you and and you were account and you had to zacheshem with the bechina, you'd know the blot very very good. You'd know the dot. So all of those people that say no, the guys are learning, the guys are learning. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe it. There are two or three in every bismedrish. Here or there, there are guys that are like that. But Ruba the Ruba is not like that at all. And that's why. Anybody that ever even Lahabla was in college, so you know that you could take that you know that you could listen to the lectures this and that, you took down some notes, and until it's like the night before the big final, you don't know it at all. You think you know it. Right? And then somebody asks you, Well, what about this, what about that? Uh oh. And the night before you have to you have to go by yourself someplace and you have to ask the questions. Well you have to have your friend ask you a hundred questions. And you, but wasn't it pleasure to you? You thought that you knew it. There was no behears at all. There was no clarity at all, at all. And even after you cleared, and even after you worked on it, then you get to the test, and the teacher asks you something, and you go, "What? How's that? You heard the lecture. You went over the stuff a hundred times." I remember when I was in high school, so so I'd be having all these different tests, and I'd be so I take a book down with me by the television, right? So I'd be sitting there next to the television. My, my father would come down and say, "What do you? What do you don't?" What are you doing? So I said, because he said, I, had, I said, I have an example. So how do you do that together with the television? So I said, you think I can't multitask? <laughs> you know, I can do that. You can watch the, you can watch the show. And then it was always the same thing. So you watch the game, whatever it was, for two hours. And, and then afterwards, so you look at this stuff. Everything looks familiar, right? Because you saw it. And you turn the pages like 20 times. Everything looks familiar, but you don't know it at all. Then you just have to, for half hour, stack. Without, without any anything else, then you ask, you ask, you know, and then you know it. So our whole Yiddish kite is like by the television. You understand? With the davening and with the mitzvahs and with the learning, it's all like you know, it's all very casual. Only when a person's a manishtana you, questions and going over and again and the, the, go over the simplest nakudas. That a person finally comes to that feeling, not just a thought, not just theoretical, all of us know there's a God, to feel the emes, and panemias, that it will change our way of feeling in terms of being in control of our 
of our tithes, being in control of our temper, everything begins to change. Everything. But you have to work at it. And women are like that. So they, they'll, they'll, you know, a guy, if he works in his two days, it didn't go. So forget it. This is, this is for somebody else. I'm not, it doesn't work for me. It works for everybody. Because this is the Divine Shalom taught us, and this is all from the Svarim Akadayim, and this is how all the tzaddikim live, how every one of us can live, and the Vashon wants us to live this way, and we can. But a person has to try, and he has to realize that it doesn't mean that he that it works after a day or two, that his life is different, and you don't throw him in the towel, you work at it. That's what he's saying. Klemer, gracious call. Everybody knows that. It be absolutely clear. To draw it into the heart. the bottom of the page. All day long. Not just shachris a little bit. All day long. Throughout the day, even the biggest person who's busy with a million things can stop for two seconds every half hour. For a few seconds, we say it in English, I was created. Somebody created me. A few times later, you don't have to say anything more than that. That's enough. Throughout the entire day, midday palm who eats seres atzma lerega kat. You stop for a second. Vayim alatzma. Ani never viyesh kan bari loylam shabarisi. Boyfin shla eruch kol ayam hamachshava zuhi nekudas haachdus shemachenis is kol ayam. Now you not now your your whole life is different. You're not just a Jew. By shachus by minchamarav, meaning for around 45 minutes or so in the morning, or for 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes at night. You're a Jew. Every single minute of the day, because if you if you have that if you have every half hour, this this question this answer, and you think about it for those five seconds, means that your whole day you're living with the Rishon. Your whole day it's one of its sefers, because more than a half hour is already a shear of a hefsik. In the half hour it's not a hefsik. Within the half hour it's, it's, it's still considered one hamshach, one hamshach, and that means that the whole day. You're going everywhere with that with that shivisa Hashem and Agdi Sami. And that therefore that that one point is Mahadis as Kalayom. It joins together, it binds together the entire day. It brings together the entire day. And your mind gets used to it slowly. To think about it and to feel it, it becomes a natural thing in your life. You know, the Svar Makadashim tell us the holy need of Amalek is to take away that second. How do you know that? Because it says in the Pasik, Rashis Goyim Amalek. Amalek is the beginning of all of our of, our, of all nations. Rashis Goyim Amalek. What do the first three letters spell? Rashis Goyim Amalek? Raga. The moment. That's all. It just takes just for one moment to be a Jew. A person has to be able to just for that moment. Gracious goyim amolik. Amolik is that kayach in your life that doesn't allow you the moment of of what of quiet and of concentration. You hear Maisha? You hear what I'm saying? That's amolik. That kayach gracious goyim amolik. That a person should be able to sit and to, and to focus and to think and to be quiet and to have that moment just for the Rabbani Shalom. The Kayach in our lives that's coming to uproot that is Amalek. 
to take away that moment. Because in order to be a Yid, you don't have to have more than that. You have to have every half hour, a second, a rega. And rega is from the word ragua. What does it mean, ragua? Calm. Calm, quiet. Ragua. A rega that's ragua. That's all Yid means. A rega that's ragua. You know that any time that you ever have, God forbid, a fight with your wife, you have a disagreement, and and you got for hits, you know. So then afterwards, when you calm down and you're able to think for one second, you ask yourself, am I a sugar? Am I a I had somebody that he said to had somebody he said to his wife that that I, if I would have known what kind of person, I never would have married. Just like this. Such a lesson it came out from his mouth. I, I should have never married you. They're only married for two, three months. Now. I should never have married you. She's totally, totally, totally broken, destroyed by those words. So they came to talk to me. She said, so, so I'm talking to them. And I said, she said, that's what he said. I said, you said that? He said, first, you know how guys also say, I, well, it wasn't exactly, a, you know, it wasn't. So what, what? So she said it wasn't. What did you say? What were the words? How was it different than what I just said? You said. He said no. It, it, it was it, that was pretty much it. But it wasn't exactly like you know. Uh, this. It sounds like a Democrat when he's being interviewed. You know, <laughs> like, like like President Clinton. The error, not exactly. Could be. You know. So then, so I said, you said such a thing. He said that you maybe shouldn't have married her. You just married two, three, two months. He said such a lush that I shouldn't have married you. Maybe I shouldn't have married He said, I didn't mean it, Chasusham. I said, you didn't mean it. So how did you say it? So he said, it was an Irish kite. You know, it was an Irish kite. I don't know how I said it. I was just upset. You see, you lose your, you lose your cycle. When you're not ragu, you're not calm. You lose your seichel, and you can say something that hurts a person that you love, and that you and that you want to live your whole life with this person. And inside of her, she's going to remember till 120 that he said those words. Till 120, she's going to remember that he once said. Even though she'll say, you'll say, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, it was an Irish guy," and I and and and, you'll, and, I, and she'll say, "I forgive you." But till 120, she knows that she remembers that you once told her those words. Hashem. But Hashem is brought it, but she'll remember that forever. He told her those words, and then and the whole thing is what that rega, that amolik, that that rega, that moment, that amolik stops you, <coughs> held you back from being able to take a deep breath, and to hold yourself back that you shouldn't say such a silly thing that's going to hurt someone that you love for our whole life. That that moment, it's all in that moment. Because then, then afterwards you say, "It was stupid. I'm sorry. It was an Irish kite. Do you forgive me?" Right, right afterwards you say, it was, I, I, "Of course I didn't mean that." So why do you say? It's a rushtus, you know. It's a rushtus. The whole milchama of a Jew is for that moment. The oh, whole milchama, huh? And it seems to that person all the truth. I mean, the truth came out. He, when he himself, that record that he himself. That's not the truth. That's no. Well, he wants to divorce him. No. That's, that's a way of saying I'm angry at you and I want to hurt you. That's all. When people, there are sometimes that people should talk to get divorced. But I'm saying, but that's not this case. They're nice people. They love each other. So why did he say that? He said that. So he thinks that anger, not because uh, they're not. He wants to hurt her. He I doesn't. Huh? So he. So what does it mean that that? 
it means that what did he discover about himself? Not that he doesn't love her. That's not what it means that you're tested by how you are Bishaska. It means he discovers what an idiot he is. <laughs> he didn't find out now. He did. Oh, since I said that Bishaskas, and the Gemara says that you could test the person by Kaisa Bakab. So it must be that I really don't love you. You know, the end of this meeting was if I said it. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me why I said it to you. Because I really thought that I loved you, but if I said it, it must be that I don't love you. Because the Gemara says, because it must be I don't love you. That's ridiculous. The Territ says, you found out what kind of person you are. What kind of person are you? You're an imbecile. And then you have to you have to work on yourself not to say such silly things. That's what it means. Same thing with a person. What's it mean the Gemara says, so let's say, like, take Bukhaisai, right? So when you, a person drinks, he finds out what kind of person. So therefore, during the time that he's drunk, he says all kinds of Irish kites. So that means, that's mean, that means now, oh, that's who you really are. Oh, you found out about yourself that you're capable of saying horrible Irish kite and you have all kinds of crazy tayvis and things that come out when, you, when, you, when the guard is down. So that's mean. It means you found out that you're a weak person and but you have to strengthen you. Wrong, that means you have the of obtaining greatness. Well, say that, but there's a, yeah, but, 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 a, but a, you have potential. The Ratzon Hashem is that a person guard the moment. But a person guards the moment. That's what the Ratzon Hashem. Reish is going on Molik is that it's not so harsh of the moment. <coughs> not so harsh. Reish is going on Molik. And the Bechina of a Jew is that if I hold on to myself this moment, it's like that with any taiva. When the taiva first comes, you think that you can't possibly control it. A person sitting by an internet, by a television or someplace, God forbid, he thinks that there's no way that he can misgabra on this taiva. There's no way. And you'll see, it's only that one moment. Same thing when you're supposed to be dieting and you have a taiva for a piece of food and you're not supposed to be eating that food. All you need is that one moment. And if you must gabra in that moment, which is Amalek, Amalek gets that shot. Amalek gets in a shot for the moment. And if you're able to be gabra for that moment, then it's gone. Then, 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 then it's not only is it gone, but then you look at yourself and say, what am I, crazy? What was I, crazy? Just like this guy. What, how can I say that to my wife? It's terrible. I didn't mean it. And he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. But... But it's but it's 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 something which he lost that moment. When a person lives with the Bhanisham throughout the day, that means he puts this program into practice and every half hour sincerely he takes that, that second to go through this, so then he becomes a person that he feels that the Bhanisham not just that they told me to 42 years ago the day of God <coughs> but that he feels that the Baruch Shalom is mamish here this second and he's not going to say such stupid things he's not going to fall into cast into anger the Baruch Shalom is right here with me he's not going to fall into cast and, and in the beginning it's not in the beginning it, it, it takes time you have to work it you have to work it it's not vaida that's what he says over here it's not vaida but if a person keeps it up so then he sees that, that he could do it. That's what he says. You begin to stabilize with this koyach. You begin to become a person that, that this becomes the way that you live. He says you have to do it slowly, gradually. Slowly but strongly and clearly. Clamor. Milvad Hanakudari Shainesha Adam 
Shadim Bir Latsum Bizman Shumiach Latsum is man as Banish Bedwarim. Hamatorahu Shahamoyah Ye Osuk Tadi Vamakshava Bizu. It's not enough just to, it's not enough just to understand the concept that we're learning, but you have to constantly apply your thoughts to this Mahalach. Not something that you just know, like you learn this seif, and there'll be another thing that you learn. So you can say over oh, it's interesting seif. It has this, it has this thing for a person who wants to be davar b'asham. It's a very interesting thing. No, we're not used to this because we're used to learning svarim just to be able to gain knowledge, not to be able to actually change. But if a person be'emis wants to change, people say that they want to change. If a person Bemis wants to change, then he has to he has to really work at it. And that's what's different about this. It's telling you over and over, you have to try. There are two levels, the two madregas about how alive something is or not alive inside of a person. It says first, For instance, you can have a thing where when you begin to be more of the person, so then he begins to feel that it's alive. The example that I gave when we were learning this in shul was that the relationship between a husband and wife. So if you ask this husband, you ask this guy, do you love your wife? So hundred, of course I love my wife. But it could be that even though he, he does love his wife, but the love that he has for his wife is something that it's not at that moment until you asked him that, until he thought about it, it wasn't like he had a, at that moment a hergish, a chush for his wife. Not only that, it could be that, God forbid, he even looked at somebody else in the office, at a woman in the office. Could be. But if you ask the person, and you mo'er inside of him, how long you marry? So the guy says, I'm you know, married, but this and this amount of years. And, 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 and how do you feel about your marriage? She's a wonderful person. She's a wonderful person, and she's good to me, and she's good to the children, and I really have very, very special feelings for her. So then, this, which until now, until this time of the day, that love for the wife could have been sleeping. Oh, it's always there, but it's sleeping. It's sleeping. When someone comes and is ma'ayurid, or let's say it's an anniversary, it's a birthday, whatever it is, or something from the outside, or something that you, you could hear, an old song that you used to listen to together, it's ma'ayurid, the chiyas. It's always there, but shluft. And then something is ma'ayra, the ahava. It, 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 it awakens the ahava. Then maschalichia is ice. Avala ayra kolazman. But stam is ice, stam during the day. Chubibchina shalyashin klapov. This Indian is asleep. It's there, but it's sleeping. When a person's sleeping, everything is functioning. It's just, it's not, it's not there's no hisayrus. There's no hisayrus. Look at look how we we we're makabel shabbos. The l'shayin is the makabel shabbos. Hisnari me'afakum. Hisayri hisayri. Right? What are the l'shayin is hisnari? When you get up in the morning, b'shulach. Right? Yisgaber ka'ari. In other words, what we're saying, hisnari becomes the shabbos. We know Rabbi Shalom all week long. You you you're alive, and all week long we believe in you. But it's asleep. So when you come Kabbalah Shabbos, this hisnari, me'afakum, yisairi, yisairi, to wake it up. To wake it up. Same thing when it comes to the Hava. A person, a person, uh, he loves his children, but he's not thinking of his children all day. He's busy with different things. So it's sleeping inside of him. 
But if somebody says to him, if somebody says to him, how's, how's your son uh, Maishi doing? How's he, how's he, so he says, oh, Maishi, let me show you. It's my Maishi. He takes out, you know, uh, and he thinks that there's only one thing in the world, there's only his Maishi. I, the person didn't mean to get so involved in your Maishi, just wanted to say, how's he doing? And he didn't mean to get a whole 15 minute dissertation with pictures and videos and, and DVDs about Maishi. He just wanted to, to, to show you that he's thinking about you and cares about you and how's Maishi? But at that moment when the person was ma'ira, the Indian of your child in your life, when there's his iris, so then, then there's a strong ahava. There's a strong ahava. I'll tell you an interesting thing. Some of you, uh, uh, whoever's a parent here, knows what this is. Uh, if, you're, if you're not a parent, you don't know what it is. But a parent understands. Sometimes you'll, like I'll happen, I'll be driving someplace, and then, and then I'll see my daughters, two of my girls walking coming home, they're walking two blocks away from the house. And I didn't know they were going to be there. I have such a gewaldige hysteria from that. And I'll pull over and I'll say, hey girls, I come in, whatever. And I say, no daddy, go ahead, we'll meet you at home, we're walking, we're talking about something. And I always think about it. I live with them in the house, and they'll be there in two minutes, and I'll be there. I'm not going to have any hysteria, so it'll be just the kids are home. Right? But if you didn't expect to see them, but if you go to school and you look through the window and you see them in class, you see your kid in class, Right? It's such a hisiris of Ahab. It's such a hisiris of Ahab. Why is that? So you weren't expecting. So mainly you could say when you're driving, so you weren't expecting you saw your kid. But when you went to the class and you looked into the window, you were hoping to find your kid. And you have this iris of Ahab. Because when you took the moment and you stopped to think about it, or in the case of the surprise, where it was such a haftaah, beautiful surprise, so it's ma'ayra the ahav. That doesn't mean you don't love your kid all the time. You love your kid 24 hours. But the, but the ahav, when you're in the house, you just settle into that. Can I ask you, Maisha, please, I, I, it's, if you don't mind. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't. That's we used to do that in the movies. No, I have. I want them to. Zutta hate. I don't like. I, everybody has different. Everybody has different taste. I'm different. I don't mind if you eat, but not if you're cracking nuts. So if you want to have kishkas, I'm okay with it. <laughs> cracking nuts. I'm good. Kishkas fine. I don't say anything when anybody drinks something. But I'm particular. If this person's in there cracking no nuts, I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm in the movie in Tel Aviv. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. Like, don't take it personally. I love you. I just I it's love, like you know. You try being a this thing and have some cracking nuts. It's, just, it's, it's, it's silly. It's like being in school. So that's all. I just don't want to feel like I'm in a classroom. I I, I went through that, and I want to just be ready post graduate school. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with Narishkeit. I just it's hard for me. I don't do it in shul, and I can't do it here. At home, I have to deal with it. So I, my but they're little kids. I can't do it over here. So he says, that, so you, that, that that love that you have for the child, it's always there. But this oiri is oiri. This oiri is oiri. That's what's missing. It's the same thing. The Rebbeinu is always there. Ani Yeshayne Velibiyeh. The Rebbeinu is always in your heart. The Rebbeinu is always there. Do you believe in God? Of course I believe in God. You want to talk about it? Okay. And then you start to have his sorrows. Right? You start to have his sorrows. But if you don't, if you just leave it, it just does not. There's nothing. There's nothing. Now what about Mincha? The way I, the way it's without Mincha is it's not even talking about God. It's just saying the words. Ashri Yeshayne Velibiyeh. It's not even a hisiris. It's not even a hisiris. But if you look at someone who, who who just found out, God forbid, that someone he or she loves is in the hospital, 
right before Mincha, you see it's with such a Hesiris. But we don't have to wait for those things, God forbid. Just on a regular day. All push at the words. But Shabbos you can begin to hear it. Friday night you can begin to hear it. What's that? that that's you down from don't be down from the week. Shabbos. What does that mean? It applies to on all levels. It means the Shechina Kedusha. It means you and your life, not to give up hope. not to be ashamed, not to be embarrassed. What happened? It's Shabbos. Everything that happened is finished. It's gone. Let's start again. Right. Don't don't don't. Get up from the filth. Get up from the schmutz. Forget whatever happened. Right now is now, and it's Shabbos. The whole Kabbalah Shabbos. The whole Kabbalah Shabbos. And you see, is that moment of Hesayrus, and you can have all kinds of Yetzaharas. You can, have, you, you can even have a Molech dressed up like a nice guy that's handing out pages, you know, for Divrei Torah, to give out on the table by L'chad Daidi. But even that moment, the Sitrachah doesn't let you have. And it comes in the Levush of Parshas HaShavuah, the latest thing from the internet on the Parsha. But you can't do before that, and you can't do it tonight. The Davka Bala Chadaidi, there's a thing on the table. What was the Chsam I never saw. <laughs> you never saw Chsam Saifa afterwards either. <laughs> then it has to be a Chsam Saifa. The last thing in the world the Chsam Saifa ever dreamt of is that he should take away Jews, the Chadaidi. You know that? Do you think the Chsam Saifa ever dreamt that a Yid would use him as a way to avoid the Rabbi Nishlaim? Ever? The Chsam Saifa dreamt? That instead of saying instead of saying Hatzig Lachadaydi, that you would look inside a paper that somebody printed up to, to put on a table that Jews shouldn't look into the siddur and shouldn't have their sayers. Like I said, all the terutsim because this is what they want to talk. Like again, it's like, that's for children. That's what that's what someone told me. I had this whole thing you know, was in the summer. I told someone, "Are you putting up these papers over here?" He comes with his census kit to go out to every table, puts out a beetle like this. Like 15, 20 pages of uh, from every web, you know these different websites he puts on them. I said, "What are you? What are you sending it?" He said, "This way." He says to me, "Rabbi, at least this way they won't talk." I said, "What? Akedek kach before that were like little children, and that this is not going to be good. So then they're going to have to have live entertainment. <laughs> Next, we're going to have to have somebody acting out the parasha, right? Because we can't do that because that's not because then we can't hold by looking at pages anymore. Our children, 20 years now, that's not going to work a page." Because they don't know how to read anymore, so you're gonna have to have somebody acting out. Aisha Rabbeinu talking to Paro. They're gonna have actors coming into the shul, like a brother Shabbos. You know, have to having to act out the parasha because you can't have on the table anymore. People coming to sing smiras because we can't sing smiras anymore. No, no. You see, you see, there is such an Indian. Some of us should have very, very upset. They want to stop them. The captain said, no, leave them. He said, the next generation of them is going to have to be playing with them. And certain things, unfortunately, do happen. So it doesn't mean, at least they're learning now. Oh, you're looking at the other way. What we need to do is understand where the kids are coming from. And if we have to do certain things in in order to get their attention, we'll do it. But it's chaval that it... Of course. We, we wish it didn't have to be that way. We'd like to just be able to learn. Not, yeah. not that everybody has to come in first to the clowns out and juggle and, and say, you know, well, let's talk about Rashi today. No, but, it's <laughs> it, but it's changing that way. It's unfortunate. <laughs> and I don't know where things are going. Where are things going to go? Where are things going to go? That's what, what Ezra's right. This whole lineage, so you're saying, is it good that there are these guys that they have these, that you could hire, they come around and sing? 
you know, Yom uh, but when you're eating lunch, you know, the kid or something, to have guys you hire, smears for hire, is it good? So Terry says, I guess you could say, under these circumstances, that, that these guys will help, you know, get things going, because everybody wants to sing, but it's sleeping, right? So these guys, their job, they're getting paid to wake it up. Same thing you come to now, by mitzvahs. I didn't see by chasnas, because chasnas usually there's enough going on by bar mitzvahs, because the kids don't really, you know, uh, you know, it's not they like, like so into it. So they have these guys that come like, like you know, wearing wearing these goofy outfits and top hats and stuff. I, I feel such a rachmanis. I just feel to, you know, I have this in my wife. I say to my wife, it's not because is a guy has to, that he goes to like a bachanis to go like this. My wife says, why? It's, it's, he's mechai, the kids, he makes them happy. And I said, I just feel like the massive that we're in. They were in such a matzah that I need to have, you need to pay somebody a hundred or two hundred bucks to, to, to make the kids dance or to get Jews happy. It's big bidavid. It's a big bidavid. That you shouldn't be able to be fellah with each other and for the simcha. So the territories they really are happy. But once you have to get it out of them. So that's what we're talking about. What about the talk or the readership? I don't. I'm not a Jew that believes in that question much better. You can. You cannot. You're not going to nail me on that much. <laughs> I'm just. My answer is. My answer is. Unless you're. Unless you're. Unless your six years are, are younger, the answer is. Don't give me. Don't give me that kind of a choice. Unless your six years are younger. Like I'll tell you an interesting thing. I saw. Uh, I saw in the, uh, my wife showed me. My wife showed me last night in the in, in the Hamadia. Look in this week's Hamadia. They interviewed, you know, Yankel, uh, what's his name, Miller. You know the, you know the Badchan Yankel Miller. You don't know Yankel Miller. You know, he goes to Chasnas. He's a Kishmaki. He calls himself the Yamarov. He's not a Rav. He's a very fine Jew, and he's a Badchan. He comes from he comes from and he and he and he goes to Chasnas and he goes to Shemirachas and to be Masamech people. So. So they, so he said that he he said I don't know it's true, you know it's, it's hard to know with him but he said because his bachan is I don't know because the guy was interviewing him so it was a mixture of real and not real I don't because he's a light so, you know I, I don't know but he said that he, that it happened to him I said that he was in, that he was uh, something with a speeding some some traffic violation and uh, and he came to the court and the judge asked him Rabbi Miller uh, were you speeding. So he said, I'd like to... So what does the Jew say? I'd like to discuss it. <laughs> right? That's what everyone else would say. I'd like to explain. So the judge... The judge was a guy. He said... And the judge says... Look, you'll see how many... The judge says... Excuse me, Rabbi. Yes or no? Were you speeding? Yes or no? So he says... Your Honor... I'd like to... Explain. He says... Yes or no? So he says, Yana, are you telling me that every question could be answered like this, yes or no? So the judge says, yes. So he says, okay, because I can act. He says, uh, are you finished with the time of your life that you were taking bribes? Are you finished taking bribes at this time of your life, Your Honor? So, so the, so what can he answer? If he says, if he says yes, that means he once took bribes. If he says no, I'm not finished, it means he's still taking bribes. So, the, so the judge left. He said, all right, forget it. Anyway, he said, let me go. He's like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is not so pushing. This is not so pushing. You can't always say to me yes or no. I have to explain. It's not so pushing. You can't be so that's your law because you're all the good. Sometimes you can't read a bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that for a mature person, 
a person that what's better? It's like you say, what's better? That I should what's better? Should I murder Reuven or should I murder Shem? The Tarot says, What do you have to murder anybody? You're you're an intelligent, decent person. Only only a child confronts a, a person with these questions. I think you're doing learning. That's not that's not what that's not what we're talking. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Any one of those gedolmas would say to you, right? I should I should be I should be davening now. Right? So that's not a question. Why? See, had a time for a sefer. Halavai, everybody should just have time to look in a sefer. What I'm saying, that's not the point. The point is the question: What's better? The Torah says that a, a, it's, that a Jew is supposed to be davening during davening. But, but, but if I'm going to talk, if I'm going to talk anyway, so then we can, then you were saying what we can do is then we can switch to the sad pasha, like the Rebbe that has to juggle in class. So, so then you could, the answer could be, okay, if if you're if you're such an immature, an immature, silly, infantile person, that that if you don't have something to distract you, you feel you can't control yourself from talking. So then, I still wouldn't say it's better to read. I would say then you shouldn't come to shul. I've said that. I've said that to people. I said that to Rabbim. I, I never hide it. If you can't control yourself, stay home. You know where? Because it says that in all the all the all the postings said that. The Chidah said, if you're going to talk in shul, that means that you're causing a korban to the to the shul and you're causing service to your own neshama and you're endangering the lives of your family. By the way, which brought down all the svarim, because you're the anger of the shechina, whoever comes to Hashem's box house and talks. The post can say, stay home. So you say, you mean it's better for me? Let's, let's go back to the infant. It's better I should miss davening, I should miss laning, because I, just because I want to hop a little bit of the schmooze about the World Series, and for that I should, the terrorist says, stay home. I tell it to people. Stay home. We don't want you. Don't come to shul. No, I have, we have Baruch Hashem a packed shul. What's the difference? The Jews are different by me? No, it's not. You know why? I'll tell you why. It's, it's, it, why you think it's impossible? I'll tell you why. Why it looks like it's impossible? You know why? Because people are being treated like babies. And the, and and if you treat a person like a baby, then he'll act like a baby. You know that with your own kids. You treat him like a baby, he'll act like a baby. But if they would if if if, if they would be treated like adults, and must speak enough with his Irish kite, no more Irish kite, it would work. But they're treating like babies. Uh, yes, yes, especially if it's a rich balabas, right? If it's a rich balabas, so then what and how? And all of this is all havel havel. It could be cured. It's not, it doesn't need any, it's not difficult, it's not complicated at all. It's not complicated at all. The only thing that's the problem, you know what the real problem is? You're right, he'll leave this shul. Because the rabbi told him to be quiet, he'll leave the shul. So go to the, and the next shul, he can get away with it. But if it be across the board, if it would be across the board, where you couldn't get away with it, and every rub would be stark like that. So then, then it would be a different world. I said, how come it's impossible? It's impossible because the because the rabbanim are afraid of the gevirim, and because the uh, because the, and the rabbanim treat the balabatim like infants. So that's why. That's why. I, I told this. I, 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 don't, I think I, told, I don't know if I told to this guy, but so I told I told the shul, Amaisa, I didn't believe it until I heard the tape. Does this happen? Some years ago, listen to this. This is a what if, what's better question. Listen. To understand. What, listen to this. There was a, there was a Rav that was speaking in Borough Park, must be ready six, seven years ago, this Misa. And hundreds of women came. They were talking about Shalom Bayes and children, whatever. 
and um, it's not, he, he, it's not, it wasn't a, it was an English speaking group, and he gave a talk. And one of the women that was at that Shia came, and I taught in the same yeshiva, she was teaching, and she worked in the office, and she said to me, You're not going to believe what I heard last night. I said, What happened? So she said that there was, she didn't say the, the name of the room. She said what happened was that the, at the end of this lecture, there were like 500 women, there was a question and answer. So one of the women raised the hand, Rabbi, what is it? She said, Listen to this. She says, my daughter, I think I might call this your last year. My daughter said, my daughter goes a lot to the in-laws, but not to us. The married daughter doesn't want to come to us. Why? Because when she comes to me, she says, I asked her, how come you don't want to come to us? You always buy the mechotonim, not to us. So she said, I'll tell you the truth now. When I come here, you, you make me clean up the bed. You make I have to make the beds, and I have to help a lot in the kitchen. When I go to my mother-in-law, I don't have to do any of that. So it's easier for me. So what should I, what do I answer to my daughter when she says these things to me? So the Rav is quiet. Imagine 500 women there with married children, most of them behind her, uh, waiting. Listen to what the Rav said. She told me something. I said, I didn't believe it, and then she brought me the tape the next day. The Rav said, you should, try, you should try to get the shiksa to make the bed. Try to get the, assuming that everybody could afford a shiksa, that's the first thing, right? Like everybody could afford a shiksa, but... Shataka get the shiksa to, to make the bed, so this way I'll encourage your daughter to come over to the house more. And I didn't know what to do to tear Korea. That's what Rav says. That the, it's not, it's not, you, Mechutsefis, how dare you? You ingrate to make a bed? The Rav says, tell the shiksa to do it. So that so your little darling will come home to you. This is, the, this is what is happening in our generation. So now the question is, What's better? To tell my daughter, don't worry, honey, I'll do it. Or I'll get I'll get the senorita to do it, right? Right? Or for your daughter not to want to come to Shabbos. You don't hear what an infantile question is? That's what happened that day in Bar Park, that night, that question this year. You don't hear what it is? The question is a painful question. And the mother is pained. I'm not so very, the the husband will them come to Kabir, a lot of different things. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so now the Rav, so the Rav said, let the Shiksa do it. And you know what? Maybe the Rav is right. Maybe the Rav is right. Crazy world. The show, the whole question doesn't make sense. The whole story, but, but this crazy is radical. Right, that the, the daughter's yeah. not going to come, the daughter's not going to come to the mother because, because she has to make the bed. And it was on tape. And the, you should have heard the tumult. The, woman, the women in the place went, there was a whole commotion. He said such a thing. Such a musag. You're supposed to be our leader. You're supposed to be telling us. So the terrorist is, you're treating that when people are treated like children, they act like children. So what's the right answer? The right answer, I would say? No. When you're prepared, to, when you're prepared to, 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 to deal with the bed, come back. And if not, don't come. And I don't, you don't have to come. When you're prepared to deal with it, come back. If my mother wants to see it, as soon as they will have kids, they'll read as by themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, she, she wants to see But this, when you're prepared to deal with it, with the difficulties of your life, with the struggles of making your bed, when you're prepared to deal with it, then you, then, then come. The answer is not, the answer is not, uh, no, I'll get the shiksa, or, or, or I'll do it. Or I'll do it. That's not the answer. You you have to be mechanich children even when they even when they're older. 
even when they're older. And not only that, you're, you're, you, you yourself are setting up your own kid for unbelievable hardships and difficulties. This is what's going on. It's it's something which we have to we have a responsibility to, to treat to treat people in a mature way. Even if sometimes that means that for the next three weeks your kid's not gonna to come to you for Shabbos. Could be. It's a risk that you're taking. It's a risk. But that's 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 the mitzvah. Right, we got off a little bit to the top, but it's, it's these are all important things, so we'll continue this. Thing.